Yes, ya tu tahil. Ja, men det spänner boys. Och vet att jag är ledsam. Jag var inte kom in, att jag ser ska i stol med fighterna uppe på en stol. Det är inte mer fattlig sjön. And then again, I don't know what I'm saying for this day. Alright. I'm going to drink a little coffee in the day, so I don't have any coffee in the night. Ding, ding, ding! What am I saying today? Okay, I'm going to read it. Chapter 8. Thieves, Heretics and Whores. If this story is to be something or some... Wait, Thieves, Heretics and Whores. Heretics, ég veit ekki hvað því er En þú ert þjóður Og ég er hóra Þannig, þetta lítur vel út If this story is to be something resembling my book of deeds We must begin at the beginning At the heart of who I truly am To do this you must remember That before I was anything else I was one of the Adam Aru Contrary to popular belief Not all traveling performers are of the Aru My troop was not some poor batch of mummers yapping at crosswalk for pennies, singing for our suppers. We were court performers, Lord Greyfellow's men. Our arrival in most towns was on an event that the midwinter pageantry and solenade games rolled together. There used at least eight wagons in our troop and well over two dozen performers, actors and acrobats, musicians and hand gestures, jugglers and jesters. My family. Cute. My father was a better actor and musician than any you have ever seen. My mother had a natural gift for words. They were both beautiful, with dark hair and easy laughter. <gasps> oh my god, they didn't buy them with dark hair. I'm going to go to the Save perhaps that my mother was a noble before she was a trooper. Trooper, yeah. She told me that my father had lured her away from a miserable, dreary hell with sweet music and sweeter words. I could assume, only assume she meant three crossings, where we went to visit relatives when I was very young. Once. Um, once, yeah. My parents were never really married, by which I mean they were both bothered making the relationship official with any church. I'm not embarrassed by the fact. They considered themselves married and didn't see any much point by the, in announcing it to any government or god. I respect that. In truth, they seem more content and faithful than many officially married couples I have seen since. Okay, stand for drag quotes. Uh, our patron was Baron Greyfellow, and his name opened many doors that could ordinarily be close to the Adama rule. In return, we wore his colors, green and grey, and, and added to his reputation wherever we went. Once a year, we spent two span at his manor, entertaining him in his household. It was a happy childhood, growing up in the center of an endless fair. My father would read to me from the great monologues during the long wagon rides between towns, reciting mostly uh, from memory. His voice would uh, roll down the road for a quarter mile. I remember reading along, coming in on the secondary parts. My father would encourage me to try partially good sections myself, and I learned to love the feel of good words. The cute. 
My mother and I would make up songs together. Oh, Thetanika! Other times my parents would act out dramatic dialogues while I followed along in their books. It seemed like games at the time. Little did I know how cunningly I was being taught. Oh, I'm so excited. And there's a lot of posters. And that's cute. They're so cute, Fjallskilda. What the hell? I don't know how to do it. Okay, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. And, so now. Þetta er svona mini partur á mér sem svona, ok, mér langar að vinna, mér langar að læra í amsetum og flytja ykkur þó læra og vinna og dalda allt þetta. En sér nú einhverjum tímapunkti, þá við væri til að eiga svona, ekki beint bónd, sko, bóndabæsvis, ok, hear me out. Við erum með einhver dýr en samt aðalega bara fyrir svona, þess að maður er með einhver svona dýr, ok, en samt ekki til þess að bókum ekki einhver illa útskýra. Við erum basically bara rækta. Ok, við erum bara rækta, við erum með bara svona gamalt hús, eða þessi Sviss er svo fucking fallegt. Þetta er jú, fjörsvöld að Júlíu á bóndabæði Sviss og þetta er að falla allt sem ég veit um. Og þú veist, maður er bara með kú, maður er með einhverjar hænur, bara svona vibe í dýr fattari sem að þú átt bara að líta af. Og bara fyrir fjölskyldina. Og síðan ertu bara, þú veist, að selja bara, þú veist, matinn. Og þú veist, ég veit það, ég mér langar svo mikið að eiga bara svona, þú veist, þetta gamla hús með fullt af gömlum herbyggjum. Að því þá, þú veist, getur, þú veist, pappi búið hjá okkur, þú veist, það þarf hann ekki að fara eitthvað fucking þjónustuheimli þegar hann gammall. Eftir að unna þjónustuheimli er ég bara eitthvað, ég er aldrei að vera senda pappa á fucking þjónustuheimli. Hann kemur býr hann verið sviss og síðan getur alltaf tvíbörðinni komið í heimsók, nú. Þú veist, maður getur átt bara svona aðeins börn í okkur þegar falli umhverfi og bara svona verið bara svona nýsa bækur og fyrir fólk, fyrir krakkanar skilur og bara svona haft því kringum náttúru og Svo það var ógsla, mér líðist að það getur verið ógsla kjúð, það er svona, ég veit ég hverju er að segja það, en það er svona comforting einhvern veginn, svona, ég gæti alveg ímynda mér, ef ég myndi einhvern veginn það væri það, svona í þessum tilgangi, því þess mér líðist að sé mjög þægilegt að ala upp heilbrið börn í svona umhverfi, ef það er mingar sens. Plus svissnesk börnur, þú þurfst að tala með svo fyndum hreim. Og það eru mjög margt góða rannsóknir sem er hægt að gera í Sviss. Anyways. I was a curious child. Quick with questions and eager to learn. With acrobats and actors as my teachers, it was little, it was, it is little wonder that I never grew to dread lessons as most children do. The roads were safer in those days, but cautious folk would still travel with our troop for safety's sake. This supplemented my education. I learned an, an eclectic smattering of commonwealth law from a traveling barrister, too drunk or too pompous to realize he was lecturing an eight-year-old. I learned woodcraft from a huntsman named Lachlith, who traveled with us for nearly a whole season. I learned the sordid inner workings of the royal court in Modek from a courtesan. As my father used to say, call a jack ja a jack, call a spade a spade, but I always call a whore a lady. Their lives are hard enough, and it never hurts to be polite. Nice. <laughs> okay. Okay, Stunum, Papa and Mamma, quotes, what the hell? Hadron smelled the weekly of cinnamon, and at nine years old I found her fascinating without exactly knowing why. She taught me I should never do anything in private that I didn't want talked about in public and caution me to not talk in my sleep. <laughs> and then there was Apathy, my first real teacher. 
He taught me more than all the others said end to end. If not for him, I would never have become the man I am today. I ask you not to hold it against him. He meant well. <laughs> okay, nice. You'll have to move along, the mayor said. Camp outside town and no one will bother you so long as you don't start any fights or wander off with anything that isn't yours. Uh, he gave my father a significant look. Then be on your merry way tomorrow. No performances. They're more trouble than they're worth. Wait, you smoke? Paranoid, I'm not going to If this story is to be oh. something resembling my book of deeds, what? Okay, you quite the a man in a Checka kort að þetta virkaði, ég veit ekki hvort þú gafst heyrt í þér, það hafði verið fínu fyndið, þetta hafði fínu fyndið. Ok. We are licensed, we are licensed, my father said, pulling out a folded piece of parchment from the inner pocket of his jacket. Charged to perform, in fact. The mayor shook his head and made no motion to look at our writ of pat patronage. It makes folk rowdy, he said firmly. Last time there was an unholy road during the play. Too much drinking, too much excitement. Folk tore the doors of the public house and smashed up the tables, what? Shit's crazy. The hall belongs to the town, you see. The town hears, bears the expense of the repairs. By this time our wagon uh, were drawing attention. Trip was doing some juggling. Marion and his wife were putting on an impromptu string puppet show. I was watching my father from the back of a wagon. We certainly would not want to offend you or your patron, the mayor said. However, the town can ill afford another evening such as that. As a gesture of goodwill, I'm willing to offer you a copper each, so 20 pennies, simply to be on your way and not make any trouble for us here. <sighs> okay, yeah. Sorry, that's a great okay to laugh at least in a couple of good. Okay. And now we have to understand that 20 pennies might be a good bit of money for some little ragamuffin troop living hand to mouth, but for us it was simply insulting. He uh, should have offered 40 to play for the evening, free use of the hall, a good meal and beds at the end. The last we, uh, the last we would graciously decline, as their beds were no doubt lousy, and those in our wagons were not. If my father was surprised or insulted, he did not show it. Pack up, he shouted over one shoulder. Trip tucked his juggling stones into various pockets without so much as a flourish. There was a disappointed chorus from several dozen townsfolk as the puppets stopped mid-jib and were packed away. The mayor looked relieved, brought out his purse and pulled out two silver pennies. I'll be sure to tell the Baron, Baron of your generosity, my father said carefully, as the mayor laid the pennies into his hand. The mayor froze mid-motion. <laughs> Baron? Okay, you see it quote, quote, have a figure, he says. 
Baron Greyfellow, my father paused, looking for some spark of recognition on the mayor's face. Lord of the Ethan Marshes, Huddenbrand, by the by Theron, oh my god, and the Widdecon Hills. My father looked around at the horizon. We are still in Widdecon Hills, aren't we? <laughs> well, yes, the mayor said, but Squire is similar. Oh, we're in Semelin's Thief, my father exclaimed, looking around as if just now getting his bearings. Thin gentleman, titty little beard? He brushed, <laughs> charming, uh, he brushed his chin with his fingers. The mayor nodded numbly. Charming fellow, lovely singing voice. Met him when we were entertaining the Baron last midwinter. Of course, the mayor paused significantly. Might I see your writ? I watched as the mayor read it. It took him a little while, as my father had not bothered to mention the majority of the baron's titles, such as the Wiscount of Munchon and Lord of Trelliston. The upshot was this. It was true that the squire Semelin controlled this little town and all the land around it, but Semelin owed Felty directly to Greyfellow. In more concrete terms, Greyfellow was captain of the ship. Semelin scrubbed the planking and saluted him. <laughs> the mayor refolded the parchment and handed it back to my father. I see. That was all. I remember being stunned when the mayor didn't apologize or offer my father more money. My father paused as well, then continued. The city is your jurisdiction, uh, sir, but we'll perform either way. It will either be here or just outside the city limits. You can't use the public house, the mayor said firmly. I won't have it dragged again. We can play right here, my father pointed to the market square. It will be enough space and it keeps everyone right here in town. The mayor hesitated, though I could hardly believe it. We sometimes chose to play on the green before the local buildings weren't big enough. Two of our wagons were built to become stages for just that eventually. But in my whole 11 years of memory, I could barely count on both hands the time we'd been forced to play the green. We had never played outside the city limits. But we were spared that. The mayor nodded at last and gestured my father closer. I slipped out the back of the wagon and moved close enough to catch the end of what he said. God wearing folk around here. Nothing will grow heretical. We had a double handful of trouble with the last troop that came through here. Two fights, folk missing the laundry. <laughs> what? Still a sock him. And one of the branches started got herself in a family way. Oh. It was outrage. I waited for my father to show the mayor the sharp side of his tongue, to explain the difference between mere traveling performers and Adam Rue. We didn't steal. We would never let things go so out of control that a bunch of drunks ruined the hall where we were playing. But my father did nothing of that sort. He just nodded and walked back toward our wagon. He gestured and Trip started juggling again. The puppets removed from the cases. Woo! It's fun now. Even though you're smiggling, but you live on to some coffee. En þá myndi þér að fara upp og þá þarf ég að tala við fólk. Oh. I guess you heard the whole thing from the look on your face, he said with a wry grin. Let it go, my boy. You get full mark for honesty, if not for grace. He just says that loud while other folks keep in quiet of their hearts. What you do, I think... Uh, why do I think I have every... What? Why do you think I have everyone stay in pairs when we go about our business in bigger towns? I knew it for the truth. Still, it was a hard pill for a young boy to swallow. Twenty pennies, he said, sketching. I said, sketching, as if he were offering us charity. 
It was the hardest part of growing up at Maru. There were strangers everywhere. Many folk view us as vagabonds and beggars, while others deem us little more than thieves, heretics and whores. It's hard to be wrongfully accused, but it's worse when the people looking down on you are clots who could never read a book who never read a book or travel more than twenty miles from the place they were born. My father laughed and roughed my hair roughed my hair. Just pity him, my boy. Tomorrow we'll be on our way, but he'll have to keep his own disagreeable company until the day he dies. Yikes. He's an ignorant blether skate, I said bitterly. He lay a firm hand on my just uh, shoulder, letting, my, letting me know I'd said enough. This is what comes to, uh, of, of getting too close to a tour, I suppose. Tomorrow we'll ha- head south. Greener pastures, kinder people, prettier women. <laughs> he kept an ear toward the wagon and nudged him with his elbow. I can hear everything you say. <laughs> my mother called sweetie from inside. My father grinned and winked at me. So what play are you going to go do? I asked my father. Nothing vulgar mind. They're God-fearing folk in these parts. He looked at me. What would you pick? Give it a long moment's thought. I play something from the bridal circle. Fusion of the path. Path or some such. My father made a face. Not a very good play. I shrugged. They won't know the difference. Besides, it's, it's a chock shock full of tellers. No one will complain about it being vulgar. I looked up at the sky. I just hope it doesn't rain on our on us halfway through. My father looked at the clouds. It will. Still, they're a worse thing than playing in the rain. Like playing in the rain and getting shrimped, <laughs> shimmed on the deal, I asked. The mayor hurried up to us, moving at a fast walk. There was a thin sheen of sweat on his forehead and he was puffing a little bit, as if he'd been running. I talked it over with a few members of the council and we decided it would be quite alright for you to use the public house if you would care to. My father's body language was perfect. It was clearly clear he was offended, but far too polite to say anything. I certainly wouldn't want to put you out. No, 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 not bo- no bother at all. I insist, in fact. Very well, if you insist. The mayor smiled and hurried away. Well, that's a little better, my father sighed. No need to tighten all belts yet. Well, well, well. Sorry, I was rickling. Give me a couple of... I held on to the door, I sent it on me, so I'm going check out it. Uh, já, og ég var að koma til baka, við vorum að tala um launu þín, mjög spennandi. En hérna, já, ég er einhvern tíman, ég held ég sé að vinna 72 tíma viku, eða eitthvað, af því að ég er, mm-hmm. ég held ég 30 tíma viku á Norðbrún, sem 40 í þvátthúsinu og sem 2 fyrir framhálskúlublæðið, svona cirka, en það pínum við smandi en samt svona almennt. Og þú veist, ég fekk 400.000 útborgað og ég var bara, yeah, let's go. Making, making money, skilur <laughs> Og sem svo í launin, ég bara Fuck, og skilur Júlía er í úlingavinnunni og við 300.000 Ég bara, fuck, þetta munar ekkert svo miklu <laughs> Ég þá bara búin að vera í tvær vikur endar í þvátturusinu Þannig að ég vona að Júlí verði Skári Nei, nei, þetta var, ég er ekki, ekki að kvarta ég, Ok, ég vil að kvarta Ég meina, ég skal hætta að kvarta Af því að það er fyrir fólki sem er ekki með vinnu Út of COVID Þannig að Skabi er akkurat að ná eilstöðum að vinna Þannig að ég er bara Sátt, þú sendur út að land Hverju einustu viku Þannig, I cannot complain 
I knew it for the truth. Still, it was a hard pill for a young boy to swallow. Nej, jag bor med det. Oh yeah. Half penny a head. That's right. Anyone with a head gets it free. Thank you, sir. Chip was working the door, making sure everyone paid to see this play. Half penny a head. Through by the rosy glow in your latest cheeks, I could be charging you for a head and a half. Not that it's any of my business, mind you. Chip had the quickest tongue of anyone in the troop, which made him the best man for the job of making sure no one tried to fast talk or bully their way inside. Wearing his green, uh, green and grey just remotely, Chip could say just about anything and get away with it. Hello, Mom. No charge for the little one, but if you start to squawk, you'd best give him the tit quick or take him outside. <laughs> Trip carrying on his unendering patter. That's right, half penny. Yes, sir. Empty head. Still pays full price. Though it was always fun to watch Trip work, most of my attention was on a wagon that had rolled in uh, into the other end of the town about a quarter hour ago. The mayor had argued with the old man driving in, driving it, then stormed off. Now I saw the mayor heading back to the wagon, accompanied by a tall fellow carrying a long cudgel. The const constable, unless I missed my guess. My curiosity got the best of me, and I made my way towards the wagon, doing my best to stay out of sight. The mayor and the old man were arguing again by the time I got close enough to hear. The constable stood nearby, looking irritated and anxious. Told you, I don't have a license. I don't need a license. Does a peddler need a license? Does a tinker need a license? You're not a tinker, the mayor said. Don't try to pass yourself off as one. I'm not trying to pass myself off as anything, the old man snapped. I'm a tinker and a pendler, I'm, and I'm more than both. I'm an arcanist, you great dickering keep of idiot. Dithering. My point exactly, the mayor said thoughtfully. We're God-fearing people in these parts. We don't want any meddling with the dark things better left alone. We don't want the trouble your kind can bring. My kind, the old man said. What do you know about my kind? There probably hasn't been an arcanist through these parts in 50 years. We like it that way. Just turn around and go back to the way you came. Like hell if I'm spending a night in the rain because of you, th your sick head, the old man said hotly. I don't need your permission to uh, rent a room or do business in the street. Now get away from me or I'll show you firsthand what sort of trouble my kind can be in. Fear flashed across the mayor's face before it was overwhelmed by outrage. He gestured out one shoulder at the constable. Then you'll spend the night in jail for vagency and threatening behavior. We'll get you on your uh, way in the morning if you've learned to keep a civil tongue on your head. The constable advanced on the wagon, his cudgel held cautiously at his side. Uh, the old man stood his ground and raised one hand. A deep red light welled up from the front corners of his wagon. That's far enough, he said ominously. Things could get ugly otherwise. After a moment's surprise, I realized the strange lights come from a pair of sympathy lamps and the old man the old man had mounted on his wagon. I had seen one before in Lord Greyfellow's library. They were brighter than gaslights, steadier than candles or lamps, and lasted nearly forever. They were also terribly expensive. I was willing to bet that no one in this little town had ever heard of them, let alone seen, seen one. The constable stopped in his tracks when the light began to swell. But nothing had seemed to happen. Uh, he set his jaw and kept walking towards the wagon. The old man's expression grew anxious. Now hold on a moment, he said as the red light from the wagon started to fade. We don't want to shut your clapper, your old shit fire, the constable said. 
He snatched at the ark in his arms as if he were sticking his arm into an oven. Then, when nothing happened, he smiled and grew more confident. Uh, don't think I won't knock you a good one to keep you from working anymore for your devilry. Well done, Tom, the mayor said, radiating relief. Bring him along and we'll send someone back from the wagon. The constable grinned and twisted the old man's arm. The arcanist bent at the waist and grasped, gasped a short, painful breath. From where I hid, I saw the arcanist's face change from anxious to paint to all in one second. I saw his mouth move. A furious gust of wind came out of nowhere. As if a storm had suddenly burst with no warning, the wind struck the old man's wagon and it tipped it onto two wheels before slamming back onto, uh, back down onto four. The constable staggered and fell as if he had been stuck by the hand of God. Even where I hid nearly 30 feet away, the wind was as strong as that I was forced to take a step forward, as if I had been pushed through roughly from behind. Be gone, the old man shouted angrily. Trouble me no longer. I will set fire to your blood and fill you with fear like ice and iron. There was something familiar about his words, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Both the mayor and the constable turned tail and ran, their eyes wide and wild as startled horses. The wind faded as quickly as it had come. The whole sudden burst couldn't have lasted more than five seconds. Uh, and most of the townsfolk were gathered on the public house. I doubted anyone had seen it except for me, the mayor, the constable, and the old man's donkeys who stood placidly in their harness, utterly unperturbed. <laughs> what? Unperturbed. <laughs> okay, gotta Leave this place clean of your foul presence, the arcanist muttered to himself as he watched them go. By the pyre of my name, I commanded to be so. I finally realized why this word seemed so familiar. Whose quoting lies from the exorcism scene, ex exorcism in this uh, scene in Dionica. Not many folks knew the play. The old uh, man turned back to his wagon and began to ex extemporize. I'll turn you into butter on a summer day. I'll turn you into a poet with the soul of a priest. I'll fill you with lemon custard and push you out the window of his bed. Bastards. His irritation seemed to leave him and he heaved a great weary sigh. Well, that couldn't have gone much worse, the old man muttered as he rubbed at the shoulder of the arm uh, the constable had twisted. Do you think they'll come back with a mob behind them? For a second, I thought the old man was talking to me. Then I realized the truth. He was talking to his donkeys. Okay, wait, the is must end, and I love it. Okay, we have to take up as you take up the next part and follow after the end. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Uh, he clambered up into the back of the wagon and came down with a white bucket and a nearly empty burlap sack. He opened opened the sack into the bucket and seemed disheartened by the result. He took out a handful for himself before nudging the bucket towards the donkey with his foot. Don't give me that look, he said to them. It's short durations all around. Besides, you can graze. He stepped one donkey while I ate his handful of rough oats, stopping occasionally to spit out a husk. It struck me as very sad, this old man all alone on the road with no one to talk to but his donkeys. It's hard for us at Edamaru, but at least we have each other. This man had no one. We wandered too far from civilization, boys. The folks that need me don't trust me and the ones that trust me can't afford me. The old man peered, peered into his purse. We've got a penny and a half, so our options are limited. Do you want to be wet tonight or hungry tomorrow? 
We're not going to do any business, so we'll probably be one or the other. Okay. Okay, Alskaraman. I slumped around the edge of the building until I could see what was written on the side of the old man's wagon. It read, Apathy. Arcan is extraordinary. Shribe. Tauser. Chemist. Dentist. Rare goods. All elements tented. Last item found. Anything mended. No horoscopes, no love potions, no malefaction. Apathy noticed me as soon as I stepped out from behind the building where I'd been hiding. Hello there. Can I help you? You misspelled ailment, I pointed out. He looked surprised. It's a joke, actually, he explained. I brew a bit. Oh, well, I said, nodding. I get it. I brought my hand out of my pocket. Can you sell me anything for a penny? He seemed struck between amusement and curiosity. What are you looking for? I'm looking for some lasillium. He had a lasillium. I'm not a spitefish. We had performed Fairy and the Fair a dozen times in the last month and it had filled my young mind with intrigue and assassination. Are you expecting someone to poison you? He said, somewhat taking aback. Not really, but it seems to me that if you uh, wait around until you know you need an antidote, it's probably too late to pick one up, Musat. I suppose I could sell you a penny's worth, he said. That would be about a dose for a person your size, but it's dangerous stuff on its own, right? Uh, it only cures certain potions. You can hurt yourself if you take, if you take it in at the wrong time. Oh, I said, I didn't know that. In the play, it was touted as an infallible curse all. Apathy tapped in his lips thoroughly. Can you answer me a question in the meantime? I nodded. Whose troop is that? In a way, it's mine, I said, but in another way, it's my father's because he runs the show and points which way two wagons go. But it's Baron Greyfellows too, because he's our patron. We're Lord Greyfellows' men. The old man gave me an amused look. I've heard of you. Good troop, good reputation. I nodded, not seeing any point in false modesty. Do you think your father might be interested in taking on any help? He asked. I don't claim to be much of an actor, but I'm handy to have around. I could make your face paint in a row that aren't all full of lead and mercury and arsenic. I can do lights, too. Quick, clean and bright. Different colors if you want them. I didn't have to think too hard about it. Candles will, were expensive and vulnerable to drafts. Uh, torches were dirty and dangerous, and everyone in the troop learned the dangers of cosmetics at an early age. It was hard to become an old seasoned trooper when you painted poison on yourself every third day and ended up raving mad by the time you were 25. I may be overstepping myself a little, I said as I held out my hand for him to shake, but let me be the first to welcome you to the troop. <laughs> Quote fucking bawling. <laughs> if this is to be a full and honest account of my life and deeds, I feel I should mention that my reasons for inviting Ben into a troop were not entirely altruistic. It's true that quality cosmetics and clean white were a welcome addition to our troop. It's also true that I'd feel sorry for the old man on the road. But underneath it all, I was moved by my curiosity. I had seen Apathy do something I could not explain. Something strange and wonderful. Not a trick with the sympathy lamps. I recognized that for when I was. Showmanship. A bluff to impress ignorant, ignorant townsfolk. What he had done afterwards was different. He called the wind and all the wind came. It was magic. Real magic. The sort of magic I'd heard about in stories of Taberlin the Great. The sort of magic I hadn't believed in since I was six. Now I didn't know what to believe. So I invited him into our troop, hoping to find answers to my questions. Though I didn't know it at the time, I was looking for the name of the wind. Dun dun dun. Love it.